I love a lot of that old song that says, I'm living this moment. I love that line. I'm living this moment. You can be seated. I'm living this moment because of you. Now, I don't matter if that's some newborn babies or if you've been around 100 years. You're living this lost or saved. You're living this moment because of his grace and his mercy. Whether you know it or not or believe it or not. You're living this moment because of his grace and his mercy. This became among my list of favorite scriptures. I'd be hard-pressed to pin one down. But I love Job 34 and 14. I've read it to you several times in the last year. But lest you should ever doubt, it says, if he, that's God, should set his heart on it, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath. If he set his heart on it, and if he gathered unto himself his spirit and his breath. I always, I can't ever even say that part without saying, remember that God spoke this world into existence. But when it came to man, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. Remember? He didn't speak it. He formed man out of the dust of the earth. And it says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the pneuma of God, by his spirit. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And what? Man became a living soul. He breathed into a bag of, a pile of dirt by his spirit, and man became a living soul. Oh, I could even talk a little. Whenever Pharaoh's magicians were using their satanic power to imitate or duplicate, they weren't imitation, they duplicated the first three plagues. But when it came to the fourth one, God told Moses, he said, strike the ground and the, and, and, and the dust. He said when he struck the ground and spoke, the dust became lice, fleas, whatever. From the dust. And it says in, in the Exodus account that Pharaoh's magicians tried, but they couldn't do it. Why? Because God is the only one that can bring life out of dirt. That can bring something out of nothing. It was a plague of lice, but you know what? He put legs and wings and, and a respiratory system into dust. You know, that's what he did with us. He formed us out of the dust of the earth. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. What am I talking about? Before we even go, every once in a while, I've just got to be amazed about his grace and his mercy. And you should too. Because I'm living this moment. He says if he, if he should set his heart on it, that's God, and he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to the dust all flesh 
That means every man, every beast, every bug, everything that draws breath. It says if he, would ref- if he would gather his spirit unto himself and his breath, that all flesh would perish. Not over time, together. And that man would return to the dust. When I say all that, because I, see, I, everything sparks everything in my mind. When I'm reading something, that, when I'm listening to something that says I'm living this moment. I am living this moment because of you. It's absolute truth. And that's whether you believe it or don't. That's the power of the God that we serve. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Somebody might say, how many times are you going to repeat that story? A lot. A lot. Often. Because I like it. And somebody hasn't heard it. And because it's word. And because it's real. And because it speaks. What a statement. All flesh. That's why we shouldn't be living in fear in this world that we were in. Somebody hear me. Because I preach some stuff, and y'all know I do. <laughs> and call it like it's happening. But you should have no fear, because that is the power of the God that you serve. He's not, the, 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 the end result is not in question. Somebody needs to hear that. The end result is not in question. The in-between is not in question. He's written it down. How much power do you have to have to be able to write it down in advance and say, this is what's going to happen? (laughs) You ever think about it? Whenever he goes, you go into Matthew 24, and he says, he says, don't be concerned. These things must be. Tells you exactly what's going to happen. How much? God is my rock, and whom shall I fear? Yeah. Where are you at? I'll remind you what Peter says about it. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and of a sound mind, of self-control. We're not going to get there tonight, but John, in in this first epistle, he's fixing to talk to you about, he says, he's going to talk to you about fear and the love of God. He says that perfect love casts out all fear. What's going to happen in this world? A lot. How bad is it going to get? Really bad. I don't like it. I don't either. But I trust the one who wrote the book. I trust him. Do you? He's trustworthy.
He's trustworthy. You can count on him. I, it hadn't been but just a few weeks ago that I reminded you that he could feed a prophet with a raven. That he could feed, feed a widow and her son when they're down to their last scratch and bring it to a point of never failing. That he can feed the multitude with a little boy's lunch. That he can feed millions every day by his divine order in the wilderness manna every day. No. That's why Jesus tells you in that Sermon on the Mount to take no thought for what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat. I'm going to emphasize to you in the time, are you looking around? How can you miss it? Are you looking around? How can you miss it? To the unredeemed, to the scoffer, it, it strikes fear out at their core. But the, to the believer that knows this word, it should cause you to lift up your head. Because your redemption draws nigh. It says when they cry peace and safety. He talks about sudden destruction. He said, but we can lift up our head. Do you feel like everything's against us? Because I'll tell you, the world, it's beginning to be drawn in clear, definite lines that the world hates the church, the body of Christ. I'm not talking about the religious institutions. I'm talking about the body of Christ. And it seems like everything is turning. I, has it just been a week since I taught it was just last week. Why did, why did Cain kill Abel? He says, why was he a murderer? He said, why? Because Abel was righteous and Cain wasn't. That's why. He said, don't be surprised where they hate you. Everybody's looking for this deep, psychological, philosophical answer when it's as simple as writing your name. The why is because you stand for what is right and they are living for what is wrong. It's a family feud. That same passage, if you back up to last week, tells you that, 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 the, that the children of, of God and the children of the enemy are evident. They're made manifest. It's a family dispute. You have nothing to fear. At all, the political system is against the church. The religious system is against the body of Christ. I must tell you that the greatest fights we're going to see is going to be from within the religious establishment. You might, you might as well know it. Because, relig because religious institutions and the body of Christ are not the same thing. Many are they increased that trouble me. 
Many are those that rise up against me. Many are they which say of my soul, there is no help for me in God. It says, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're my glory, and you're the lifter of my head. Now he said, he said, I laid down to sleep. You know what you did? And he slept. It says, then I wrote, then I awoke. And this whole thing. Oh, I'm going to get them. And this whole thing. Understand, where we live in and today and the time is appointed. Do you know that your time is appointed? How many of you know it wasn't random or an accident? Your time on earth was appointed unto you. It wasn't a random explosion of chemical matter. Nor the sun's effects on a freckle on an amoeba that oozed out of the ocean somewhere. It wasn't a random evolution of a bunch of apes in the hills. And I'm going to leave that alone. You were appointed for now. And now is the time that John is specifically writing about. The church age began in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. When did the last days begin? Acts chapter 2. But we know that the Word of God says that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You want to know what's... uh, Are you ever... Is your mind ever just completely blown by the blather that you hear and think that people actually believe this? When clearly it's the opposite of reality. But they believe it. Can I tell you why? Because of evil men and seducers that have grown worse and worse over the years and they were deceivers. They were deceiving. And guess what? They deceived for so long that they believed their deception. Deceiving and being deceived. You can lie for so long that you believe your lie. And then it will compound. Deceiving and being deceived. That's the spirit of the lawless one. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's the spirit, we may, we're fixing to take this text, but maybe we ought to cause you to understand something. That from the beginning, that everything that God has, that the enemy has a counterfeit. Or should say is a counterfeit. I just demonstrated you from Pharaoh's musicians. They, they had real power, but they were counterfeits. 
From the beginning, the, the, the serpent, the one that says was more cunning than all the animals of the field, his very first uh, goal was to get them to doubt what God had said, has God said, and, and to offer a counterfeit. So we know that we, we have the Spirit of God, which is God. God moves by His Spirit. Hello, somebody. So don't be surprised. See, they've got the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. Oh, you're going to see Him referred to in lots of ways. You're going to see Him referred to as the Holy Spirit. You're going to see Him referred to as the Spirit of God. You're going to hear Him referred to as the Spirit of Truth. You're going to... Many, many... The Spirit of Christ, Comforter, Promise. Oh, you could go on and on. So don't be surprised that the enemy has a counterfeit. And the Bible, John's, here in John's first epistle and other places, he says it's the spirit of Antichrist. Remember, Antichrist, against the anointed. Anti, against Christ, the anointed. The spirit of the enemy is against the anointing. The spirit of Antichrist is against the spirit of Christ. And the result is sin, and all sin is lawlessness. All sin is lawlessness. Let me help you with something. You tell that innocent toddler who knows nothing of, of calculated rebellion and you say, don't touch that. And they touch that. They've broken the law. You're their authority. You've told them what to do and they've done it anyway. Now, at that age, are they, are they making a calculated decision that they're, that they're responsible for their rebellion? Of course not. But it's the spirit of fallen man. It's the sin nature. And I'm just telling you that because, I, well, I don't know. I, you know, I can point now that she's here all the time. They used to say things to me like, I'm fixing to lay the law down. Anybody in your house ever laid the law down in your house? That's because there were a certain some authority because we, it was my brother, I'm absolutely certain. It was my brother that wasn't doing it right. I'm trying to tell you that whenever you, whenever you go against Authority, whenever you go against the law, whenever you go, it's lawlessness. All sin is lawless. And it doesn't come from the Holy Spirit. Oh, I, I can already tell I'm not going to get as far as I wanted to again. I never do. I don't even know why I say it. The, 1 John 4 begins a very important thing, especially in the environment that we're living in today, the religious 
environment they were living in today. It is a, an environment that has either abandoned the Word of God or is so shallow in the Word of God that they don't know enough about the Word of God to stand on the Word of God. And that, and that, that spirit, that scriptural illiteracy is so far and so wide and so, it's, it's, it's really uh, appalling is probably the best word. Disturbing. I'm, talk, I'm not just talking about the pew, I'm talking about the pulpit. And where nothing is to be challenged. You know, if it's going on in a, in a church, if it's, especially if they've got a big following, if they've got, they got big things happening, if they're well-known, just accept that it's God and don't question anything. I mean, that is literally, if you don't know that's where we're at, it is, let me tell you. And I can prove it, but I won't take the, it's where we're at. Spiritual kookiness. Nuttiness. Wacko, wackadoodle, whatever you want to call it. Well, say, hadn't Pentecostals always been that way? Well, I don't have time to go into all that, but you've heard me say it before, and I'll just go ahead and say it again. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are, but he's not. And he may manifest in ways in people's life that causes people to scratch their head. And, or as on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, these are not drunk as you suppose. Seeing it's but the third hour of the day. He said, but this is that. But you know what? I still don't think they were crazy. I still don't think they were doing nutty things. I think they just had such joy and a rejoicing and such a, an overflow of the goodness. It says that what, they, what were they saying? It says they were, they were magnifying and glorifying God. They had broke out of their, they had kicked the walls out of religion. It, it, and it came to the place where it was no longer just dead rote of religion. The Holy Spirit that had only a privileged few throughout, it says that the, with, with, with Samson, it says and the Spirit came on him at times. With David, you say, you say, and the Spirit of God came on him. And, and it said, but see, on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God blew into that place and sat down on every one of them. It says, and they all began to glorify God and to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. It, he moved on in. To, it, Jesus said it this way. He said, he's been with you but he shall be in you. He changed everything. And now we're in a world where the Bible, you don't challenge anything but the Scripture. If it looks, if it looks, like, if it looks spiritual and people are moved in their emotions, just go with it. Oh, don't, don't interfere with revival, preacher. Then we wonder how we jump tracks. Oh, I, I, I love this one. I still have it. It's ribbed four, four and one, have I? I love this. He's, I love, well, what's happened in the church world is, is all this stuff over years, we, we were into everything goes during the charismatic movement. Can we, am I allowed to say that? 
See, back in the 60s, and I mean, that's real big right now, the Jesus Revolution, whatever. They brought in, frankly, it brought in the charismatic re- re- uh, revival and revolution and say, are you going to talk about a movie and be again? No, absolutely not. I mean, I'm not, not, that's not where I'm headed. I'm just telling you that we came to a point that started right and was a good thing, but nobody laid scripture against things and kept everything in decent and in order. Are you with me? And, then, and, and, and so it was so wacky and out of control that what we did is swung all the way the other way that we didn't want anything. Then we came to the place where that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for the back room and for an appointment. And, and we killed everything. And now we've lived through years of dry and dead religion. And now the correction had began to come and the spirit began to come back into things and it goes like it does and wild swings. Now we're going back the other way. And it's happening right now. And it's, and it's going to get me right to where I'm going to talk about these things because now we're in an environment where if you say, well, that's not scriptural, they'll say, that's not God's anointing. Well, that's not, that's not scriptural. That's not, that's not right. That, that's, that's not what the scripture, that's a different spirit. And they say, oh, you're, you don't want revival, which is absolute. Well, my favorite, I heard my favorite word back there. My favorite word on that, so that's absolute poppycock. To think we don't want revival. It has to be Right. Do you know, somebody hear me tonight, do you know that it can be burning, white-hot revival and scriptural at the same time? Do you know that that, wow, what a thought. That God knows how to work in absolute unity with his word. What a, wow, what a thought. We don't have to come. Boy, I'm going to get into trouble. We don't have to call on the spirit of Gandalf. <laughs> this shall not pass. And if y'all want to know what any of that's about, just, go, just Google it. You find out. Which I don't know how to, anything other than witchcraft coming from the pulpit. But... God forbid we say anything because they're popular and they write books and thousands of people go and people listen to the music and, and, and we can't do that. You just let the revival go, Pastor. This is all introduction. I'm in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, and you don't even know it. There's a reason. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, so who's he speaking to? The church, body of Christ. Beloved, man, I bet. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Almost, it happens about once a week. I almost just fell out just now. 
because it's in there. Do you know what, you know what they wrote in the book of Acts concerning the Bereans? And he told you, he encouraged you to be like them. It says that the apostles were teaching, and it says that the Bereans went home, searched the scriptures to see whether it be of God. Imagine that. Here's something. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. But the, one of the markers I've noticed over and over of wackos that are spreading a false way is that their doctrine can't or they won't allow it because it can't stand up to scrutiny. Because I'm going to tell you, anything that's of God and Scripture will stand up to scrutiny every single time. Every time. Every time. It will stand, let me say it, it will stand up to intense scrutiny. Don't mind the questions. Because whatever is true will stand up to the questions. I don't even know who I, I, I'm, I, I know I'm preaching to an environment and to a people right here that need to know it. But I'm telling you, church world, if what's being propagated on the church community, on the body of Christ, will not stand up to the scrutiny of Scripture, if you cannot follow the instructions of 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, then it's not from God. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because, there's the reason, because, you, I, I always feel like I'm halfway teaching an English class, because, I, I, I think that means, here's the reason, many, how many? Many, how many? There's been a couple over the years. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many. Test every. I don't know if we'll get past that verse tonight because there's a few things I want you to know. I want to emphasize. I want to, because we really, even in the Pentecostal world, and I use that word in quotes, I guess, full gospel, non-cessationist, however you want to say it, where we believe in all of these things, these spiritual things that the gifts are for today, that God does miracles today and heals today, and that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. But somehow we've come to a place where we don't believe that there's any spirits Do not believe every spirit. And it's to the point, I'll just tell you, that when you teach on anything that's scriptural, even in my circles, in my realms, and in in, in, among my colleagues, we have such little understanding or want to understand that we can't even deal past the surface level of spirits. 
Now I'm going to tell you, Paul didn't tell you that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What in the world do you think those are? What in the world, what in the world do you think those are? Those are spirits. What in the world do you think they are? If we're not wrestling against, but we are wrestling against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, what are they? What do you think? What you've been talking about when it says Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. I guess they ended in Acts 28. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, and these signs shall follow me, them that believe. In my name they shall what? 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 In my, come on somebody, in my name they shall what? What was the first thing he said? In my name they shall what? Cast out devils. First thing. First thing. First thing. Go read the Gospels. What did they marvel over? What did the religious establishment marvel over? Go read the Gospels. They didn't marvel. Oh, I mean, some did. They, they, they certainly, it was a marvel that he could command the wind. I mean, because the disciples at that point said, what manner of man is this? That even the winds obey him. But what did the people, what brought the masses immediately? It's because the demons were subject to him. It's something they had never seen before. They've seen miracles. They, I mean, they, they knew their heritage was a divided Red Sea and walls of Jericho that fell and manna on the ground and water from the rock and the sun standing still and the dead raised to life. You name it. They'd seen all that. It was their heritage. What did they marvel over? What did the disciples, when they got sent out, they, they come back and says, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us. And Jesus said, don't, don't rejoice that your demons are subject unto you, but that your name is written in the book of life. You know what he's really saying there? Uh, yeah, I beheld Satan fall. I was there. I saw it happen. You know what the, the marvel, he was saying to them, it should be as natural as breathing that the demons are subject unto you because of what's in you. Do not believe every spirit. Bible names some of them. Starting, we, we talked about several weeks ago on Sunday mornings for the Bible names some a lying spirit. New Testament, deaf and mute spirit. A spirit of harlotry. A, a, 
There's less. I'm not, not just the Old Testament, New Testament. Said there was a there was a, a damsel that came across that she had a spirit of divination. Oh, I didn't. This is this is. I didn't plan on going here. There's the, uh, Christians are dumb. I'm just letting that settle. I get to say that because I are one. We're talking about the body of Christ here. Everybody knows that when you're a part of a family that you can say things that other people better not. I can tell you that one of mine is that little moron. Sometimes I've seen a box of burnout light bulbs brighter than him. Y'all trying to, I got four of hymns, so y'all just try to figure it out. But you know why I can say that? Because they're mine. You better be under just the right circumstances. Every one of you know what I'm talking about? You better be under just the right circumstances if you're going to say that. <laughs> Hello? I'm not talking about the people who... You can correct them. Oh, I ain't even going to get off into that at church people. Yeah, I was raised in a place where everybody took care of everybody. If you had one little hillion blazing a trail through the church at 47 miles an hour that any church mama in that house would say, hey, you don't run in this house. It's the house of God. And you know what everybody says? Good for you. That's not the same thing as you little moron. How many times have I told you? Y'all follow me? What did I get on the Oh, Christians are dumb. They say, you believe, in, you believe in palm readers and Ouija boards and I'm just going to get you because you, I, because you believe in ghosts. I, mean, I don't believe in it. I do. You better know it. You're dealing with fire. You're playing with matches. You opening yourself up for crazy stuff. There's more than the Spirit of God in this world. Seances, mediums. I'm not even going to tell you how our children are absolutely steeped in it. And moms and dads won't acknowledge it, much less shut the door. 
I'm a pastor. That's, I remember back in the day when it was extreme and they started burning records and, they, and it was crazy. You know what? Somebody ought to go a little crazy again. Oh, I, did, I haven't meant to get on half of this, but you know what? When that little damsel, I'm talking about try every spirit to see whether it be of God, test the spirits because many false prophets have gone out in the world. Everybody thinks that the false prophet always wears a suit. Everybody thinks he looks like Peter Popoff. Selling his free, well, he's given you some free miracle spring water. Now I got news for you. Evidently, Scott, help me be nice. <laughs> Evidently, there is enough absolute morons in the world. There has to be some because national advertising, in the, even when it happens at 2 o'clock in the morning, I mean, that takes money. And when you're depleting your supply of Miracle Spring water for nothing, somebody has to be sending you money. You know what that is? That's a failure of the pulpit. That's what that is. But you know what? Anybody ought to be able to spot that. See, the devil... See, the one you really got to be worried about is not the devil that comes in and says, boo, I'm the boogeyman. <laughs> it's the one that says, it says, don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. He says, think it not odd. It says, even, it says the devil, he says he presents himself as an angel of light. Charles Spurgeon, anybody ever heard of him? He had a following a few years ago has been Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, the first of the mega churches, but became mega because of what he carried. He carried, he carried, he carried a sword skillfully. Charles Spurgeon famously quoted is discerning. Discerning is not is not knowing right from wrong. So that's not discerning. Discerning is knowing right from almost right. It's the almost right that'll get you. It's the almost right that will completely destroy believers. Because the almost right usually comes in with some flash and some sensation, and it's appealing to the. I, I don't know if y'all know why flashy and sensationalism is very appealing and draws big crowds. I'll tell you why. It appeals to the flesh. People are bored with the scripture. They're sitting there with their arms crossed. If you got your arms crossed, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> I looked around, there's about four people with. <laughs> no, they're, they're sitting there with their arms crossed and reared back saying, tell me something I don't know. 
You weren't the only one. That was funny. Tell me something I don't know. Move me if you can. But you let the snake oil salesman come to town. Yeah. 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 Try every spirit. See whether it be of God. I'm trying to teach you something real simple tonight. I got a little while ago. Things of God will stand the test of the word. Every time. And you need to understand that there's many spirits at work. Oh, man, I'm just heading straight off of a cliff. I can, I can see it coming. The abyss is before me. I'm, I'm pedal to the metal, about to just drive through the barricades, and I'm trying to stop, and I, but I know I'm going to. Oh, I, I preached on some of this stuff back in, I don't even remember what time of year we're in anymore. I think it was last, last fall. And it's going around again, and I get in trouble with, <laughs> I just get in trouble. Because most of the church world today, even the people that just don't believe that Christians deal with spirits. They just don't believe it. I mean, right now, if, there's a, if I post just that 20 seconds right there tomorrow, I'll have 67,000 comments that says a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. Ain't nobody arguing with that. I, I mean, duh. Ain't nobody arguing, but that's about as much. It's not oppression. It's not a possession. They can be oppressed. What do you think that oppression looks like? What do you think it looks like? I want to ask people, what do you think it looks like? What do you think it sounds like? Can, can I go back? It says, we wrestle not. Paul, that's Paul. Ephesians. Chapter 6. It says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against. We, we do not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against. Who in the world is we? Who is it? The body of Christ. Us. And we want to shut down the conversation two inches deep. No. Wetting the floor. Just enough to get the floor wet. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities. First John chapter 4, try every spirit. That means that there's lots of spirits trying to enter your mind and enter your thinking to change your understanding. And it's going to do it in the most religious way possible. It'll crack the book. It'll hang a sign that says church. It'll get a tax-exempt status. It'll draw a crowd. It may even have... Has anybody read this?
this book that one of the marks of the, of the age of the, of the spirit of lawlessness is going to be how are people going to be deceived? How? It says that they'll be marked by what? Lying signs and wonders. Janet, the Holy Spirit can't perform a lie. So who's doing it? Lying signs and wonders. Where's it coming from? Oh, they're writing up the charges right now in Springfield. <laughs> Try every spirit. See whether it be of God. Because many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you shall know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come from flesh is God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come from flesh is not of God. So that tells me there's a lot of spirits that are not of God. There's only one that's of God. I mean, you know, there's only one that's of God. There's only one spirit, not two, not ten, one. There's only one that's of God. Just one. All the others. Oh. Things talk to you. Don't sit there and look at me like I got three heads. You have things talk to you, and you're not schizophrenic. And a whole lot of those people that are schizophrenic that hear all those voices, they're hearing somebody. They're hearing somebody. Anything that talks to you, anything that's got a voice is God. Anything that's got a voice has got a person. And I didn't say human being. As a, as a person. The Bible tells us that God is a person. God is a spirit. But I know he has a body. I know he has a body. He's a guy says God is a spirit. But I know he has a body because Moses saw his backside as he walked past. He saw it. I, 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 yeah, I know he has a body because he wants us to see his face. I know he has a body because Jesus, the resurrected Savior, everybody gives Thomas a hard time, but he walked in. Uh, yeah. Well, I, this fits right in. Everybody gets all upset. Thomas, I'm doubting Thomas. I'm doubting. He says, I'm not believing unless I see. And, and you know what? Jesus didn't seem to mind. Because what was true doesn't mind. It'll, it'll stand up to scrutiny. Do you ever notice that Jesus didn't mind at all? When, I'm not believing unless I see. And you're acting like you wouldn't, you'd be the same way. It ain't hard for me if, I, if they were there and I wasn't. And you come and say, Jesus was here and I'm here. Y'all are crazy. Because most of you I know, and I know you're pulling something on me. But I'm going to say, I'm not believing it unless I see it myself. I'm not talking about being faithless here. 
Because you know what happened when Jesus walked in? He just walked in. He had a body, but he just walked in. He had a body, but whoop, he just walked in. And, and he, he said, hey, hey, Tom, I missed you the other day. But I heard you just wanting to put your hand in my side. Y'all don't want to see all that. <laughs> <laughs> He said, he said, go ahead, thrust your hand in. Did he, did he offer it himself? Go ahead and thrust your hand in my side. No, Thomas says, my Lord and my God. I'm trying to teach you something tonight. We live in a spiritual world. We live in a, we live in a spiritual world. We know there's lion spirits. They're headquartered in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and possibly Austin. He, we are instructed. If I don't get anything else tonight, understand that we live in the spiritual world. Still today. All of us, me and you, Christians and non-Christians. And we all deal with spiritual things. Can I just reminisce a second? Because people, hey, Christian can't do deal with this. The same person. If we have testimony, the same person that says, a Christian can't have a demon. Have a testimony service. The same person will stand up and say, The devil's been after me all week. <laughs> there ain't before have you been in a testimony service, I can tell you right now. Because if you've ever been in a testimony service, there's a reason we don't have them. <laughs> there's some people. They thought testimonies are supposed to lift up the Lord and they get up and whine. Brother Garrison, he's talking about a lady in his church. Said that one, she, he said it was so bad. He said when she called back in the day when we had to go pick up the phone, he said, my phone would ring and I knew it was her by the way that phone whined on the wall. Same person to say, we don't deal with that. They say, oh, pastor, boy, pray with me. No, 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 they say, if you call me, it's okay. <laughs> my ringtone won't go, eh, eh. <laughs> Mainly because my phone's on silent all the time. It has a vibrate. But what the same people will say, pastor, boy, it's been rough. I have been under attack. I'll say that. I don't mind telling you what I've been under attack. I've been under attack. Commit yourself to God. Submit yourself to the devil. Some people are doing that. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. (laughs) Oh, somebody's pretty committed to him. 
I don't necessarily mean in this room. Try being a dedicated prayer warrior in the faster and see what happens. See if everything in the kitchen sink doesn't come at you. You say, Pastor, I've been under attack. And two weeks ago, they told me how Christians don't have have devils. Pastor, I've been under attack, and I want to say, from who? From what? How? Oh, I think you're thinking now. Same people are always binding and loosing. Why? Christians don't have devils. We're so sucked up into possession. What we all we can think about is Linda Blair. Well, I can tell the age of this crowd, only three people know who that was. That's a little movie from back in the 70s that still scares. That was some dark stuff, buddy. I ain't even going to tell you the name of it because you don't need to be Googling it and watching it. It'll steal it. It'll steal it. I mean, but we think that that's all. That's what we think if it's not Linda Blair spitting peace suit and her head turning around on a swivel. And, and that is possession. That is what it was portraying. You know, the Bible only uses that word, I think, once, maybe twice. But it sure talks a whole lot about vexed, oppressed, afflicted, tormented, buffeted. Are you hearing me? I, got, I need to get back to 1 John chapter 4 and 1 verse, just a minute. Why would we be commanded to try every spirit if there wasn't any? Somebody answer me that. Somebody answer me why we would be warned about something without possibility. You say, Pastor, are you about to slip off the deep end? I promise you that my guardrails and my perimeter will always be the Word of God. And I'll go back to what I've said three times tonight, that the truth of God's Word will stand the test of scrutiny. And I have not said one word that I can't back up from Genesis to Revelation with the Word of God. Not one. And I agree. A Christian cannot be possessed of the devil. That, I mean, that means that the devil comes in, consumes you, controls you, that takes control of your body, is in control of your life, your thoughts, your everything. Can't happen. Can't happen. Cannot happen. Christian cannot be possessed of a devil. I told you this one time before, but I'm going to say it again tonight. But a Christian can. You know what, somebody else. You know, this digital age kind of stinks. Nobody has notebooks or handkerchiefs anymore. Preach, preacher. 
every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. I could go over every statistic, everything Barna ever done. There's here been here lately people wanting to push back. I say, they, 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 I've heard people push Barna all my life. You know why? Because they're reputable, and they still are. But I've been noticing a lot of people pushing back on Barna now. Why? Because Barna's survey doesn't fit their wants and their narratives. We know now that only 37% of lead pastors in America have a biblical worldview. We know that. 37% of lead pastors. 47% of all pastors combined. Less than half in America have a biblical worldview. That means at least half of the pastors in America are lost. Period. There's no way around it. And you go to the population where 73% claimed Christianity in America. In the last decade, it's down to 63%. It's the biggest movement in recorded history. The climate, uh, uh, my own kids would love for me to believe that all this junk going around us, Dad, it's always been this way. It's just internet. It's just hogwash. It has not always been this way. And I say, you little punk, you hadn't been alive long enough to tell me how it's always been. <laughs> don't you dare try to tell me what it was like before you were born because you don't know. And you wasn't there. And that moron professor of yours wasn't there either. And human history didn't suddenly turn around in the last 10 years where we got to rebuild, tear everything down and rebuild it. It didn't happen. And let me, I'm, I'm, right now, I'm just on a stunt for just a second. Everything America has done has not been wrong. And everything the church has done has not been wrong. The, the, the gospel that the church of Jesus, the, the body of Christ carries is the hope of the world. The gospel that is presented in this book, well, he, Paul wrote it this way. He said, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I told you, if, you would, if, if, if people would just follow the edicts of God's word, it would be a different world. And for the better. There's a deconstruction movement that's rampant in this world and these younger generations that you may not even have heard the words yet, but it's the, it's, the, it's the very spirits that we, they present themselves as Christians, they present themselves as pastors, they, forget their, they, they present themselves as educated theologians, most of them are on TikTok and Instagram, to be, frankly with, to be frank with you. And you think I'm silly? You think I'm, uh, I beat on that drum too much? You think I don't know what I'm talking about? And the fact of the matter is, is you're the one that's ignorant, not me. And your ignorance doesn't make it not true. But I'm going to tell you that, that, that the world has changed because of media. And you can be insulted. You can get mad at me. You can tell, you can, any way you want to do it, you're the one that's ignorant. And it is affecting entire generations in a way that has never been before. The things that used to take 20 years now can happen in a year because of influencers. 
evil spirits and seducers. And I'll tell you, man of God, woman of God, you better wake up. And you better test the spirits to see whether they be of God. You better shut the doors in your home. You better shut them. Because this is one of the things I come by to tell you tonight. While a believer, a a born-again, washed in the blood, spirit-filled believer cannot be possessed of a devil. They can't. The vast majority of people that claim Christianity don't even know him. It's part of the many that will say unto me in that day. Hear me, church. It says many. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I work miracles in your name? Sign, lying, lying, signs and wonders. He says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I'll remind you that the word says that it's a straight and narrow way. And how many that find it? Few. There be that find it. And I'm, but listen to me, child of God, you're blood bought, washed in the blood, spirit filled. You're the real deal. Everything that God's ever done in this world, He's done legally. Oh, yeah, now you think I'm talking about legalism. No, there is a principle that works all the way through this book from front to back that is spiritual law. God has always done everything legally, and He always will. And yes, the door is closed on generational curses to the believer. Yes, the things that followed you are closed. Yes, that door of possession is shut. But I'm going to tell you, anybody can open the doors of iniquity. And when you do it, I don't know if I'm explaining this well right now. When you open the door, you've given legal opportunity for attack. God didn't do it. The devil didn't do it. You did. You opened a door that was closed. Believers fail from time to time. They stumble. They they sin. How is every week I get to this point of Let's go back a few years. In this age of anything, it goes because we have liberty in Christ. And we do. We're not talking about going to hell here. We're not talking about things that, we're not talking about a big bottle of wine out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. That's stupid. That's the Pentecostal side of stupidity. You're in, you're out. You're in. That's stupid. 
That's what people think we believe, by the way. Getting saved 47 times a week, that's stupid. Stupid. It's not right. But let, well, I want to talk about believers. Is that okay? I hope, I'm going to go back a few years, lest it be anything current. I'm saved and I know that I am. All that. Then you go and, and you just can't resist 50 shades of gray. You go get on your couch and you're reading it and then wondering why you're tormented by sexual fantasy and lust and lewdness and filthy dreams. And thoughts that you never, you think, where did that come from? And pressures and temptations that you never had before. Let me help you. They were shut out of your mind because you're a blood-bought believer. But you know what you did? You opened the door. If you go down to my house right now, and if you, whether you have the code to get in or you kick the door down and you go in without my permission, you've broken the law. You've committed a crime. You're out of order. It's on you. I leave the door open and leave it wide open and you walk in even if you had no business being in my house. Just because I leave my car door unlocked accidentally on the parking lot, no, no, that's just for, back in the day when I don't even lock my car. When you left it open and they got in and stripped you clean, Was that you or them? I hope I'm helping somebody. Anybody can walk out, step outside of the will of God. And when you step outside of the will of God, you've opened an avenue for attack. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a whole lot easier to keep doors shut that should have never been opened than it is to shut them and drive everything out. Because I don't care who likes it. It could put you in a position where you need deliverance. And I, I still haven't said a word that is not perfectly in line with Scripture. I still hadn't said anything about Christians, born-again believers, real deals, being possessed of devils. But I'm in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, that talks about trying every spirit to see. What do you think they're going to, what do you think those lie, the spirits that you're supposed to be trying to see whether they be of God, what in the world do you think they're trying to do to you? He's talking to us, the believer, we all agree. Yeah. And he's, he's warning us. A warning without consequences, give me a break. 
And what do you suppose these spirits that are not going to demonstrate that Jesus is, that he is the Christ, that he is born in the flesh, that he's a, and we can go into that next week because that means a little more than you think. Because there's lots of those out there. There's lots of those out there. There's, a matter of fact, I, I, I like to watch these social influencers. That are, and, and, and when I watch all these social influencers that, you, that you're so ignorant of, and I see it, their influence everywhere. They say things like, Jesus never claimed to be God. That's a lying spirit. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Oh, they present themselves. Man, they make powerful, scriptural arguments. Deconstructing Christianity. Educated, highly educated, advanced degrees. They sound super. Wow, wow. That's one of the big ones. Any spirit that says that Jesus didn't come in the flesh and wasn't God, is a, is, what's it say? And it's say, Jesus never, Jesus never claimed to be God. That, that, is, that is the devil's words coming out of a human mouth. That is driven by a spirit, a lying spirit. And who do you think he's after? I'll remind you, just so it's out there. I, you know, I could go lots of places, but you know, I'm just, I am just so gullible to this word that I just believe it, and it don't take 40 examples. It doesn't take 40 examples. When the Pharisees come to Jesus and said, are you him? And he said, I am. Do you know what he was saying? Do you know? Unless you think I'm crazy, because go read it. It says, are you he? And he says, I am. You know what it says? It says they rent their garments. They lift their shirts open. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. They ripped their garments open and they bit him. That's what it means. They gnashed on him with their teeth. Why do you think they did that? Because that bunch of Jews knew when they said, are you he? He said, I am. You know what he was saying? Because this people, that deconstruction, that lying spirit that's lying to our kids and to, and to the ignorant that says Jesus never claimed to be God, that spirit of Antichrist that is pervasive in this society says Jesus never claimed to be God. Right then, right there, he did. And they knew it. Because those studious of the law knew that Moses at a burning bush and he said, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses said to God, he said, whom shall I say? And God said, you tell him, I am, that I am sent you. And when they asked Jesus, are you he? He said, I am. And when he did, they tore their clothes. And one, that, was when they, that was when the decision was made to kill him. Right then. That was when the decision was made. At his arrest, 
Remember at his arrest, when they come to get him in the garden, and Judas gave him the kiss on the cheek, and the soldier, the centurion, said, Are you he? And Jesus said, I am. And when he said, I am a legion of Roman soldiers collapsed backwards under the power of the living God. Oh, yeah. He claimed to be God. Oh, yeah. He was announced as Emmanuel from before he was ever born. You shall call his name Emmanuel. What is that? God with us. Try every spirit. Oh, I've just scratched. I've scratched just enough to make people mad. To think I'm crazy. But it's right. And it's now. And it's what's needed. Try every spirit to see whether it be of God. Oh, I'm going to jump ahead just a second so we don't leave on this because we're going to, we're going to pick it up. We ain't done. Let's, I'll go all the way back to the beginning and say, yes, this is where we're at. But, I want, but I've got to tell you, even though I have time, I want, I've got to tell you before you leave, yes, it's pervasive. Yes, it's a generation under attack. Yes, it's bad. Yes, we've got to, we've got to know what we're looking at, talking about. Yes, we've got to shut the doors for crying out loud. Shut the doors. All of that. But we're not losing. Because I'm going to tell you, it's talking about the spirits that are in this, the, it's the spirits in, in, in this world that are coming and are and are now. But it says, well, you, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who's the them? The false teachers. It said, because, there's that word again, because greater is he that is in you. Somebody hear me. We're skipping just so we can say that tonight so it doesn't go unsaid. Because greater is he that is in you. Somebody, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's a lot of spirits out there, but they're nothing compared to the spirit. Well, he said, greater is he that is in you. How do I? That's who's in me. He said, he has been with you, but he shall be in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They're no match. They're, no, they're real. It's a real fight. Sometimes it's a dog-eat-dog fight. Sometimes you don't think you're going to be able to make it through. Some days it's, it feels like you're cut down to the ground. Some days you're Paul that's, that's asked God three times to remove it from you. And he says, no. He says, my grace is enough. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But you've got to stand up. 
God's not running around doing everything for you. God has made the way for you to do it. And when you do it, he will come along. That paraclete, that spirit, that one, it's, he's the one that comes, paraclete, it's, he's the one that comes along beside you. See, we've actually went more than a quarter inch deep tonight. And we've only scratched the surface. This book has the answers. And this book will stand any attack that comes against it. Unless you think you can't do it. Because I always need to throw this one in there too. Because when you get saved, Paul said that, I think it was at Colossian church, he said, maybe, I may be wrong, I think it was Colossians. But he says that God has given you both the, the will and the ability to live for him. He's given you both the will. See, you didn't have the will before you got saved. The will and to do. That, it, it literally means the want to and the ability. He's given, when you got saved by the Spirit of God, it, it changed your mind. It changed your mind. It changed the way you think. He gave you the want to. To do. And the to do, he gave you the ability. You didn't have it before, but you do now. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Father, we love you and thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that you, that you, that you help us, that you anoint us, that you give us the word of life for the day and the age that we live in. Lord, I thank you that you didn't leave me comfortless and that you didn't give me, that you didn't leave us powerless and that you didn't leave us alone. And Lord, that you work in us both to will and to do your good pleasure. Lord, thank you. Go with us. Stir us. Be with us. Lord, move in this house in a magnificent way, an unprecedented way, in a way that you've promised that if you had told us, you, we would not believe it. Lord, you said you had the ability that, to do things that I have, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what you've prepared for your people. Lord, thank you. Go with us tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.